back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering. Your host, Chaz, as always, a financial writer and covering basically everything that has to go with MTG. And joining me is Seth, our, or probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank and budget builder. What's up, Seth? <laughs> What's up, Chaz? That, that intro never gets old. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it really doesn't. Uh, joining us is Tony Cameron. You might know him from MTGFrontier.com, face-to-face games, or just all around uh, Twitter persona and, and general great dude. What's going on, Tony? You missed host of Heavy Meta as well. You know, we like oh, the podcast too. <laughs> I missed That's it. okay. The, the list goes on, but thanks yeah, for having me. the list me. goes I'm on. pretty excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, so just just to be transparent with the listeners, we talked about Frontier. It's a, it's a growing format that started about, uh, with Haruya, got picked up by uh, Face-to-Face Games over in Toronto, and it's kind of picking up over, you know, in various places. We talked about it, Tony and uh, Matt over at the, the Frontier podcast kind of rebuttaled. And we figured, you know, why why uh, why not just do this live and, and talk about Frontier with, with all parties in the room? And I think it's going to be really beneficial for everyone to, to kind of hear both sides of this. You know, just to be out there. You know, it was kind of misconstrued sometimes of, you know, our critiques and, and this, that, and the other thing. We're, we're New Yorkers. We get kind of loud. We get kind of animated. But it's all just to be beneficial. We, we went through the fire and the flames of Eternal and all the pushback and all the, you know, the dialogue that had to do with that. And, and I think uh, the underlying message here, uh, to, to start off on a positive note, is... Um, kind of the same thing that happened with modern you just kind of have to just play it and you just i think the the time for talking if you want to talk about it that's great but i think showing results and playing the format uh, i think is kind of the best remedy for all that but uh tony so let's just um let's just start off with you here and uh seth and i are, are kind of going to just chime in here so really what's the most compelling thing for you with frontier i know you kind of push this a lot but Let's just get everyone's, you know, for the listeners here. What what compels you to play Frontier? All right, so I'll try and give you guys some some Cole's notes to my background, and and that'll that'll sort of bring this all together. Uh, so I, I played MTG forever. You know, like I remember the Ice Age pre-release when I was a kid. I remember, um, you know, getting uh, the old novels and fat pack books, and then around Judgment, I you know. Stop playing for a really long time, and and I moved cities, and a bunch of stuff happened. Started my career, whatever. Um, but around uh, Scars of Mirrodin, actually, my first three F and M's were the last three F and M's where Jason Stoneforge were legal. So coming back yeah. to Magic and <laughs> playing against these decks for time. for twelve rounds in a row, I I literally said to my tournament organizer, who now uh, I work I work with Kelly Ackerman, I said to him like, I'm not playing Magic anymore, like. This, this is it. That's I'm not doing it. And he sort of he sort of like you know pumped the brakes a little bit. Let's let's give give peace a chance here. And there were some bandings and wizards had to step in to sort of like fix that format there. And and that was sort of like really the 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 last big boo boo sort of that came from wizards. And and moving beyond that, we we moved almost right into what Matt and I call the the frontier era of card design. And what I've discovered is that in this new frontier era of card design, every all of the cards are going through standard to be, you know, pushed into modern. And obviously, nobody thinks about legacy when they're designing cards. That's that's not true, but you know, hyperbole. But when Wizards decided to switch the M15, switch to the M15 frame, and uh, really sort of scrutinize their their limited process and how standard was going to look, and this is when they they were talking about um, uh, switching the standard rotation at the same time. Like all of this, all of this big news was happening about two years ago when at the at the time that Face to Face Games Toronto was opening, everybody there was really excited about all the new changes coming up, and and then. Nothing really came from that. It just—it was just business as usual, you know. Sets came out and pre-releases happened, and people drafted and people played standard. And then they—they they, wizards took away the modern pro tour, and that was actually like a really big eye opener for me. Was that it came across as almost not sort of the best competitive format at a high level because there's there's so much that goes into it, and uh, on on the player side and on on the the competitive side, but so little 
that was going into card design for the actual era. It was uh, the modern was sort of like a byproduct of what Wizards was just doing anyways. And when Matt and I sort of got together and we talked about Eternal 2, you know, and I, I have an Eternal deck sitting literally right beside me in a deck box right now. And, and, uh, and Matt and I were really, really hyped about that, but it didn't feel right. There was something missing about it. It, was, it, it sort of felt like, you know, a makeshift Band-Aid for, for something that wasn't even really a problem at the time. You know, Modern was still, like, really thriving and uh, the scene was really big. So Eternal never really like took off, and and you guys went through that too, um, you know, as all the listeners know, and and as I know. Uh, so, so now that we get to this sort of next era of player-driven formats, I guess, or or really just like incentives, because all a format is is giving you guidelines to do the thing that you're already doing. You know, we're not in frontier. There's no new like. Mechanics. There's no, you know, your your deck isn't like forcible. It's it's still magic. It's still the game that you're playing yesterday and the day before, and it's still the same game you're gonna play tomorrow. There's just these limitations. I, I don't even want to call it that. Restrictions. These format defining parameters are what keeps magic fresh for a lot of people. And to sort of wrap all this, uh, <laughs> to sort of wrap all this up, the reason that I am am really really into Frontier right now is. Three, three main reasons, and we've talked about this on our podcast, and you guys know. One, because it, it is affordable. I know we've talked about the cost of fetch lands and, and all of that, and when uh, Matt and I sat down after your guys' podcast, and you guys really sparked some interest in us, because we said, you know, these guys have a lot of passion about magic, and they have a lot of opinions, but we need some numbers, you know, we need some facts, we need to figure out, like, how much does this format cost, or or how much, how big a part are our fetch lands, and when we sat down and, and looked at those numbers, it, it was still incredibly affordable, um... The format was still, you know, fairly diverse. There are obviously expensive decks and quote-unquote best decks because they're jammed with the best cards. But I found a lot of the cost, actually almost 50% of the cost, more than 50% of the cost and sometimes, was in fetch lands alone. And the rest of the expensive cards, minus, say, Jace Rin's Prodigy and Ugin, which I actually haven't seen really played at all, are all standard cards. Matt and I got really excited about being able to sort of play a standard-esque format that was uh, uh, affordable. That was the first one. The second one, the cards were all accessible. You know, there's just Siege Rhinos coming out the wazoo, and people have all these cards for trade when rotation comes up, and collected companies, uh, you know, just tanked when when they rotated, and, and we were, like, you know, pretty excited to, like, pick up these cards and try and play with them. And then the third reason is that... Currently, right now, whether people are gonna, you know, agree with me, disagree with me, that's not the point. But modern, modern's pretty stale. You know, the, the yes, there's some new decks, and and yes, there are some exciting things going on, but it it isn't really that exciting of a format currently. And there's no big pro tour to be playing on. And actually, it's interesting now because I just finished watching the World Magic Cup, and the the top eight of that was all modern. And the most exciting parts of that entire top eight were the non-games. You know, the turn two infect kill, the turn two dredge 16, your opponent's dead in two turns and they can't do anything about it. And that's a type of magic. That's exciting. I watched it. I tuned in. I, I was excited about that. I, I would play a dredge deck. But then there's another type of magic. And and that's that's to me, is where Frontier falls in. Interesting. A lot to, lot to uh, digest. So, Seth... Uh, you haven't talked yet, so I'll, I'll let you go first. But I have a, a just a couple things, you know, to kind of uh, respond to as well. All right. Well, I I don't want to focus too much on the financial aspect. I'm definitely interested in that aspect of the game, but as far as the financial aspect, I can put that on hold for right now. I've actually been working on a video introduction to Frontier for the YouTube channel. And I think right now the prices are not insane. I definitely have reservations about the long term and think if things just continue as they are for five or ten years, that prices will uh, tend to mirror modern to some extent, where cards that are cheap today, like Collected Company, if Frontier really becomes popular to the level of modern or that big of a format, that, that we will see an impact on the prices. But disregarding that, my main... 
my main concern is as someone who likes brewing decks, and I, I was hoping that you could... When I look at Frontier, I see a bunch of really powerful standard decks that I had been waiting to rotate for standard because I was sick of seeing them, like Collected Company and Siege Rhinos and Jeskai Black and Jaces. And, is that what Frontier is? Like, as someone who loves brewing decks and wants to do that, if I go to play a Frontier tournament, am I just going to be playing all these decks I really was sick of from standard or playing against those decks? Or is there more going on to that? Because I haven't actually went to tournaments or played Frontier on that level, but I know you have. So maybe you can, as someone who loves brewing, maybe you can try to sell me on Frontier, I guess. Sure. So so I'm I'm also a brewer at heart, and uh, a lot of my friends are. And, and it's funny because uh, Matt very much isn't. Uh, he <laughs> likes to, he, he likes his gruel colors, and he likes to play turn two Ravel Master. And there, there are a lot of really interesting and powerful card combinations that you maybe haven't thought of, put together, or worked on. So as far as brewing goes, I think one of the exciting parts for me is the known good cards in the format. Because when you want to brew, you want to know sort of what other people think are the best and what what you can sort of expect your metagame to be, even if you don't know all the decks. But you should probably be aware that Jace is a thing and you're going to have to try and deal with the Jace or kill a Jace. So, you know, you're going to want to either look at colors that have early removal at this stage in the format so maybe it's you know fire impulse or dead weight is is where you want to start and then what i really like about the removal in this format is it deals with those really like like you said really powerful cards that sort of dominated the formats that they were in you know we in the format with Seedrino, we had crackling doom well that still works you know and that crackling doom's a really really good card against torrential gear hulk <laughs> so one of the interesting um Deck, most interesting deck list I've seen is, is Matt's uh, sort of gruel aggro deck that splashes black just, just for unlicensed disintegration because he's trying to go turn two Rabble Master or turn two Tireless Tracker which are just both good value creatures early uh, from different eras you know, one's from the start of the frontier and one's, one's basically a brand new card uh, and then he just wants to follow that up with you know, good burn spells, solid removal like un- unlicensed disintegration, but then to top it off he has Verter's Gear Hulk. So to, to take a card like Verter's Gear Hulk and, and put it in a deck with Goblin Rabble Master and Smuggler's Copter and Tireless Tracker, like, that to me is sort of the, the jund of, of this format that isn't a blue deck. So yeah, there, there are lots of powerful blue cards like Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time and, and Jace, but if, if we look at the results from the Haruyui event, there, there was actually zero copies of Treasure Cruise in the top 16. So, there is more going on then than just... It is possible to brew in the format, I guess, is, oh, is what absolutely, you're absolutely. The, the fact that you guys jumped on putting up a, a, a Frontier tab, like a, a, a player-created tab on mtggoldfish.com has done wonders for my local level community. I am sick of people texting me screenshots of their cockatrice deck lists. I'm so <laughs> fed up with it. Share it with the rest yeah. of the world. You know, these yeah. are some really, really interesting cool brews. I had somebody send me a deck today that's a Siege Rhino Rally the Ancestors deck that mm-hmm. plays Teamer Ascendancy. So when you rally, you can just kill them. Ooh, wow. That's pretty You sweet. know, and, and I have this screenshot. I'm looking at it right now, but I'm like, yo, Nick, put this on mtggoldfish.com so, so you guys can Right, right. These decks are great. These are really and, exciting to look at. And if a so deck this, looks exciting on paper, then it's a great place to start. Oh yeah. So this is so this is kind of where, and this is uh, you know just to touch on a couple of points that you brought up, and and not to be like just to kind of be to open up the dialogue here. I, I love Frontier. I think, and and we all kind of Seth included love these kind of solutions to problems. We we love. Uh, you know, new formats. We love people that can just play magic and, and enjoy. Like, like you said, Tony, I think you said it really eloquently there, that you're already playing magic, and if you want to play Frontier or Standard or Modern or Legacy or what have you, and, and you like the restrictions or the kind of the guidelines, I won't call them restrictions, but guidelines of that particular format, then go for it. I mean, you're already at this point, like you said, a lot of the people this is kind of fresh, and I think that's the real allure to this format is that most of these cards, the current player base has just, you know, played with, right? And they're, they, a lot of, me per, me too, I have a lot of the remnants of, you know, con stuff and, 
and uh, and all that stuff just lying around, and it, it's great for me to pick up those cards and play them again, and that's fun. Uh, a couple of the the, the points though, that you brought up, uh, well, you talked about modern, and modern was a solution, you know, wait five years ago to a lot of what we're seeing now of people just hated extended because of its current, you know, in its current form. But it kind of sounds like almost either modern can almost just be legacy and then frontier takes place of modern but then where does that leave us in like five years so this is the curveball and we talked a little bit about uh before the cast and does frontier just survive on its own merit or are we looking at a landscape where frontier can just be are we are we going back to the time frame of extended again where you know you talked about modern being stale and i get that if you looked at the forest through the for the trees, couldn't I mean isn't Frontier after a while like you're kind of seeing all the same stuff? I mean it's a brewer's paradise right now, but as time goes and progresses, you know does that still is that still happening? Like or is that going to still be you know a brewer's paradise or is it going to get stale? So do we just have a format that rotates every five years and at, you know five years the tables wipe clean again and we're talking about all new cards and not talking about Jace and Fetchlands and, you know, Dig Through Time and Torrential Gear Hulk. We're talking about a whole slew of new cards. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point because um, that's sort of been the, the the main hushed discussion is that, you know, we talked about it the first and, and and Matt and I said this is we don't believe that this is meant to replace anything. You know, I don't I don't really think that this is supposed to be new modern it's it, it, it's frontier but modern like we discussed is a, is about five or six years old and in five or six years are we gonna have a new frame and everything wiped clean again yeah maybe you know we, we might already be on that cycle and, and we don't even know it yet because we're we're in it you know wizards has this this grand overview and they have this seven year plan or whatever but we don't we don't see that and we don't know that and we can't really prove that we just have to you know hold on tight and, and hope that we're we're treated right by the company we can't help but throw all of our hard our hard earned money at yeah I think that I I don't really like calling anything new something old I don't like calling this new modern I don't like calling this a you know a new extended because those cards like I said were were not designed in my opinion in the frontier era of card design. So you end up with a lot of interactions where they're never going to print a card that competes with Tamagoyf. It's just not going to happen. So unless in or modern wizard, for that matter. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Or you know, but but let's look at a card like Liliana of the Veil. Let's compare that card to Liliana of the Last Hope. I actually think in their respective formats, Liliana of the Last Hope is more powerful than Liliana of the Veil. I've seen a Liliana ultimate the turn after a Jace Rin's Prodigy ultimate and win. You know, Some like it's words there. <laughs> might, I've seen it. I, I, I think it, I think Richard is going to be uh, very interested in those uh, in those claims there. It's no, about perspective. I, yeah, I, I I I absolutely agree. It is. If you look, you have to take everything with context. You're right. I, I think there's a great point there that we might not know, and it's like, you know, instead of just looking at the crystal ball, we kind of just have to, we're in it, and we kind of just have to. I think we're at the point where you just have to play, right? You just have to sit down, play the format, and I think that's what a lot of you know. You you brought up Eternal, so this was my other point, and, and I think that's kind of where things have to be is that you just have to instead of talking about it or you know, dialogue is great, but a lot of maybe this is just outside of magic, but just people are always going to be hesitant to change. And I was, it would actually spark me, Seth, we were, we were just doing this before we, uh, you know, brought you into the call and we were about to record the, the show. We actually look back on like forum posts on MTG salvation from like 2011 when overextended was talking about. And a lot of, it's like so funny going back into a time machine where all these same, like back and forth conversations all like oh does this really solve extended and isn't this just like legacy without like lion's eye diamond and stuff like that i think you just have to you get it out there you you try to voice concerns and that's what we were legitimately trying to do voice concerns to maybe try and nip those in the butt where you know this format's still kind of in its infancy and if you can dodge those 
you know, problems now rather than worry about them in five years. You 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 brought up the fetch lands, which is like a whole different conversation. I, I totally agree with that. Eternal was more of like a band-aid. You said it really well. Eternal was more of like a band-aid to basically a failed experiment, right? Like Legacy well, it as about like them trying to solve the reserve list, and that just wasn't going to happen, right? And, and that's legitimately what it was, and it, it was just it was trying to solve or reinvent Legacy as what it probably would be in this time period of the, of Magic, where you know you don't aren't tied because it's so tied to the reserve list, you're never going to get out from under the reserve list. That Eternal was basically just a band aid to to Wizards like kind of mucking this up right like it was really on wizards like in this whole like reserve list thing that it, it fell upon a few people to kind of like say hey listen this is like a reinvention of that frontier is basically not a reinvention of something but kind of filling the gap between uh, and more of like a bridge format rather than like you said it's not replacing one thing or another it's trying to bridge two things together yeah we're just trying to give more people more ways to play magic if you have two options and your options are, there's a Frontier tournament tonight, or there's nothing, what would you like to do? Exactly. Yeah, right? like I, I totally there's agree. There's no yeah. debate there. Like, I want to play Magic. <laughs> right. I just think, I, I think it's more about just just doing, like, going going ahead and playing it rather than, I think if, the, the thing is, is, like, if you try to sell a format on this, that, and the other thing, and people are buying into that, not to talk about finance, but like, or buying into that just in general. Mentally, yeah. I think it's just you have to push the format based on the merits of the format. And I think, you know, maybe it might not look too enticing to some people right now because it's like we just got out of like Siege Rhino and Mantis Rider, and some people just kind of like are sick of that. I do think, you know, as more for, you know, as more blocks are coming in, some of that will be alleviated. But I, I do think. You know, you, you have to play it to understand, like, what needs to be changed from the get-go. Like, does does, does Dig and, and, and Treasure Cruise legitimately need to be banned? Like, Absolutely if, not. Yeah. So, no, I don't believe, I don't believe so in, in any way. And what I, one of the things that's been um, really exciting about you guys talking about this is that um, I, I keep hearing, and not just from you, you guys just have a platform so that lots of people hear it, that I keep hearing that, uh, you know, these are just the old standard decks that everybody hated. Well, aren't these are the old standard decks that the other people also loved? You know, people didn't hate standard. Like, yeah, Siege Rhino was like a ubiquitous card, but not every single person played it, and the people who did had a great time doing so. You know, same with Collected Company. Yeah, it was kind of tired in the standard format where it was all Collected Company decks, but there's a lot of people who really, really enjoyed that and want to do it again. I... I think that, that I'll kind let you of, chime in. Yeah, go ahead. Seth. That kind of leads into another question I have. That I know we're focused uh, mostly on the short term, and that this format is fun right now, and all in all that, and that's awesome. I think that that if you're having fun playing Magic, regardless of how you're playing it, you should do it, and that's the most important thing. It's so easy to forget that when it comes right down to it, that's what the entire game is all about. And if you are playing some weird formatless format on your kitchen table with 100 card decks or 80 card decks, or if you're playing Frontier or Legacy, do whatever you enjoy doing. But my question about Frontier over the, the mid or long term is, do you think this format would continue being fun if it's successful? And if you have Team Channel or Fireball in the Pantheon, uh, trying to break the format for GPs or it being a SCG format, like could this format be like modern in as far as popularity and tournament support and still be awesome, or would it just become the pros breaking the format and it turning into modern, where we have these three decks or five decks that are the best decks in the room, everyone knows it, and everyone at your local gaming store is going to play the tier one decks because they want to win store credit or boosters or whatever. And, like, what do you think? Is it, is that a concern for you at all a year or two from now if this really became a huge deal in the Magic community? Yeah, so that makes a, that makes a really good point because in let, let, let's go with 12 months and 24 months. So I firmly believe that in 12 months... This will still be player-driven. Uh, I I was actually shocked to see Ryan Overturf tweeting uh, around Star City Games about Frontier. That was pretty awesome to see this morning. But 
in 12 months, I don't expect much to change other than we'll probably podcast again and do some just some brewing or some metagame breakdowns from some tournament results that we get. But I, I don't I don't picture Wizards latching onto this anytime soon. Uh, what we consider a, a short period of time they, that is nothing to them. You know, they're they're working on these seven year plans and they're designing sets two years ahead. And you know, we're worried about what's coming out in in Aether Revolt. You know, their 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 scope is so far beyond that that I don't think that they're even really looking at this right now. But in the twenty four month span, I I would sort of expect them to start to take notice and maybe not design cards for it, but at least be aware because I keep saying it because I want people to understand it. In this frontier era of design, uh, Matt and I firmly believe they're scrutinizing the cards more and they're trying to develop something as opposed to... They're trying to develop a, a format on a grander scheme so that you know maybe Frontier could possibly take off for them in a way that Modern was actually just a byproduct of Magic being created. You know, like at, when, when Modern was created, you don't get a supplementary set where cards are produced for Modern. You know what I mean? Like, Scavenging News was the, the sort of the first and prime example of a card that was introduced through the Commander series that was a legacy-exclusive playable card that then got printed through Standard, which then put it into Modern. That's how, that's how we got Scavenging News. I don't see them designing Modern cards that come through Standard that way anymore. I just, I just don't think that the cards that are going to be competitive in Modern are going to be, like, staples or make new decks... Uh, are, are really going to in the vein of, of the frontier card design. Cathartic Reunion is one of the one of the newest cards that I actually think is maybe ban worthy for modern because of how absolutely powerful it is in the dredge deck. It's ridiculous to be able to dredge sixteen cards on your second turn and kill on the third turn. That's that's actually against the rules of what modern was was inceptualized for. You know, it's a turn four format. I. I I, that is one of those cards that I, I can't really put my finger on of whether it was supposed to be designed for modern and then it got put through standard because it was safe that like discard two and draw three wasn't like a, as broken I guess we're not playing with delve spells we're not really playing with there's some counter spells but you know not really in standard the, the counter spells you have to pay three mana for you have to be like really invested in it so it's really hard to counter spell a two mana draw spell I, I think that in, in the 12-month period, we, you and I and Matt and the community and, and all the people on Twitter and, and Facebook and that are using your site are going to be the ones who can develop and change and, and really uh, put the work in. But in, in two years, I, I expect Wizards to have taken notice and either be hyper aware that this is a thing that people are doing or honestly just continue along the path of, of really scrutinizing the cards that they're putting through standard and testing them and seeing how the interactions work. And then now that we, we have this, this frontier era of design, the, the crew, the team who's developing, let's, let's go with uh, Hour of Devastation, the set after Amonkhet. So we're talking you know, midsummer next year. Uh, that will be GP Toronto, the format there. So we're, we're talking like you know, nine months away. The team that works on those cards can walk down the hall to Wizards and talk to the team that worked on cons. You know? And they, they could then sort of develop cards within the format or at least with the same understanding of, of what the goal is in the new in, in this era of card design. And this era of card design is not chokes. It's not blood moons. It's not Tamagoyce. It's not lightning bolts. It's not path exiles. We have cards that are very close, that are all very good. You know, we have Tassiger. That's really good. You know, we have uh, Unsubstantiate instead of Remand. We have Declaration in Stone of Path to Exile. And basically, they just sort of feel like they've uh, stabilized the power level. Instead of having this one card that's just insanely good and it's obviously better than every other version, not close, there's choices. You know, there's choices to make. Like, how do you do you want to go to the Dome in Frontier and play, I forget the name of this one, Wild Slash? Or do you want to have the option to kill a Sylvan Advocate by playing Fiery Temper? You know, you don't get the, you don't get both. So, so pick. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it could be. I mean, you brought up a great point. We, we always kind of talk about this. Um, they could legitimately be working on their own solution to these problems. Like, like you said, they're they're so much further ahead of us that a, a format like Frontier could be on the horizon from Wizards directly. Like, you never really know really what 
they are taking note of and and how they kind of want to it, it's very obvious they want to kind of in a in a non like official way kind of do away with like the old kind of way people have played magic and it's just not conducive to the larger player base that is magic right now. Like you just said, like people aren't used to blood moons. They're not, they're not used to choke. They're not, and, and even before that, they're not used to like force of will. They're not used to, you know, natural order and, and, and tabernacle and pendrel bear. Like this is a, that is like a, so such a different era of magic. It's like, it's almost like they just wish it didn't even exist. And it's, kind of apparent in how they are yes but not really kind of pushing that to the side but i i think you're on to something there that you know they who knows maybe they're they're kind of on their own doing that already and and kind of formulating a solution to that so let me ask you this in the in the same way modern was picked up by by wizards you, you've now you're playing frontier a little while is there? Do you think there are changes that Wizards would make if they picked up this format right now? Like, it, it won't be exactly one for one, I don't think, because there were co- some some obvious changes that they made. There was a, a ban list, you know, that came out with Modern. How do you think they would pick up Frontier if they were going to make this their own? And and if that's the end goal, right? Like, if we want Frontier to be picked up and be on a GP level or Pro Tour level or something like that, how do you think uh, Wizards would pick it up and change? I, I would like to think that they that they would just let it be the way that it is because I, I was actually just on Twitter right now and tweeting at Ryan Overturf because someone is saying, you know, countdown until uh, banning of Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise. And, and that's clearly a statement made by somebody who hasn't played the format because, like, like I said, I'll, I'll reference the 300-person Haruyui event from October 30th zero copies of Treasure Cruise in the top 16. Zero. To me, that was astounding. I was expecting this card that got, you know, you know banned in broken formats and, like, it was absolutely was the most powerful thing, not close. Zero copies. To me, when someone says, you know, they should start by banning Digging Cruise, well, you haven't played the format. You don't understand. What I would say, personally, is that if Wizards were to pick it up right now, they should not change a single thing. That that might change if you if you put all these cards and, and this mindset in the hands of you know hundreds of, of pros and dozens of platinum level pros who are trying to do the most broken, consistent thing every single time so that they can win a tournament. Yeah, maybe we'll discover some things that, that you and I wouldn't discover sitting at home brewing hardened scales all day. <laughs> But that's not to that's say what that. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's what I'm doing too. Uh, actually, there was, at our last uh, at our last event, little tangent here. There was two hardened scales decks, and they both finished three one. Oh yeah, I mean, if uh, me brewing with green cards, I mean, that's what I do on on every level. So right. <laughs> so so like I don't I don't think like um I don't think that they really need to change anything. I I I think that it should just be played the way that it is and. And I, I know that there was uh, – we're not talking about finance, and I know that uh, Matt and I have sort of discussed not talking about, you know, banning of fetch lands or anything. But I don't I, – now that we when, when we, we talked about it and we really looked at, you know, the cost and all the things, like, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't – they're not broken. They don't really detract from the format. Yeah, my personal opinion is shuffling sucks. It's not fun. The fetch lands are the best lands. But guess what? In – a month or, or six weeks, a new set comes out. Guess what's going to be in that? New lands. Guess what comes out after that? A new set. You know what I mean? So there's there's just so much potential moving forward. And, and in, in this, I'm going to keep saying it, in this frontier era of card design, I have the most amount of faith in Wizards' production of quality formats and cards than I've ever had. Uh, one, more, one, one, yeah, one more interesting question for me. Do you hope that Wizards picks up the format? Or would you rather have this be a a large but more underground grassroots type format? Like, is Wizards picking this up and making it an actual supported format with Frontier Masters and GPs? Is that the goal of the Frontier community? Or do they just want people to play Frontier and would rather have Wizards stay out of it so they don't have to worry about official ban lists and stuff like that that could come along with... Uh, the pro scene and wizard support. That's that's a really good question. Um, I think currently the the goal, especially uh, Matt and I's goal, is to get a, a side event at GP Toronto. That's that's our like sort of six month goal. We really really want to be able to 
produce a quality event um, at, at a large-scale Wizards official event. Now, as far as the long term goes, do I do I want to see Wizards support this? I, I think I have to say yes, only because I want to see card availability managed. I want to see Wizards understand that new formats are meant to drive the player base. Something like this is meant to encourage new players to keep their cards and keep playing with them whenever you joined playing Magic, whether it was in the last two years or whether it's next year, you know, like you, like you said, these it, it actually is just a bunch of old standard decks just getting rammed together currently because we don't, because uh, uh, Seth, you and I haven't screamed loud enough. <laughs> but, 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 but that's fine because if you have a great standard deck, you buy into Magic tomorrow and you build your standard deck and you turn around and take that to a frontier tournament. I don't think you're going to be disappointed with your results. I think I think you're going to be wanting to explore some other card options, and 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 for that, I want to make sure that the availability stays as high right. as possible. So that's, that's why I would want Wizards yeah. to pay attention, and so that we can make sure we still have all our cards to play with. But as far as managing the ban lists and all that stuff goes, like hopefully the cards that are producing in the frontier era don't need to be banned. Yeah, and. That's actually a really good point. I was just about to to highlight on that that it's it's not really a discussion out there that in this in this kind of era of them designing cards, right? And and, and I will I mean I don't I don't think any amount of debate is going to sway my mind that cons and Magic Origins are are basically the core of this format. It's just those two together were really strong. Yep. But I do I will say that I like the idea of, and I think it's fully well possible that every kind of, you know, you look at Black Green Delirium, you look at, you know, Aetherworks Marvel, you look at Blue White Flash, like all of these current standard lists, and, and this goes back to you, you know, and, and stating, you know, this is how they are designing cards. I think fully well you can turn around, take something like Black Green Delirium, you look at you know other card choices from other eras, but you could turn around and bring that to a frontier tournament because I I do think that like all these standard like powerhouses, all these like top tier standard lists that we're looking at right now could easily translate well to a, a larger format like frontier. And you look at like all the greatest hits of of standard of last season, we're already seeing some integration of Kaladesh and 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 some integration of Shadows over Innistrad and Battle for Zendikar. Those those top lists could easily turn around and appropriate some of the cards from the earlier standards, and probably g be just as competitive as uh, a deck like you know Jace Friends Prodigy or Jeskai Black or you know Jeskai Splash Green or what what have you. You know I'm convinced that that is a really good strong positive for this format and its outlook is that people as they're playing standard can turn around and and play those decks in Frontier. I do think that is something that we will continue to see. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And we actually started at Face to Face Games Toronto when Matt and I were, were pushing for having a Frontier night. We actually ran Frontier and Standard on the same nights for the first three weeks because we wanted to make sure that the events were going to fire. We wanted to make sure that people had as much exposure uh, as, as they could. So we just said, you know what, the events are free. We're still going to prize you out. Just play your Standard deck. Just try it. Just try it, and you know, out of uh, you know, twelve people, I think it was the the first event we had thirteen people, and four of them were just playing their standard decks, and all of those people had a great time. I because I spoke to them and I said, you know, you you weren't prepared for this, you had no idea what was going on. We just showed up and sprung it on you, and you played your standard deck. What'd you think? And they they were just like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get some dig through times because that was my favorite card ever, and I missed playing it. Or I'm going to splash white in my Black Green Delirium deck because I love Siege Rhino. This is awesome. We we really just like jammed those players together, the, the Frontier players and, and the Standard players. And I don't think really anyone was disappointed with either the, the, the amount of fun they had for starters or the results. Right. And and you go back to – we go back to the, the uh, question that you brought up, Seth, is like – you know, do you want Wizards to pick this up? I, I fully well think... I mean, the first people to start this was Haruya in Japan, and I don't think they ever really fully intended for Wizards to do this, and this was... This is probably still something that they will continue to do as long as players show up to play it, and they could probably care less if Wizards picks it up uh, officially or not. 
because we go back to the original point that we brought up is that you just have to play the formats and if that's how you want to play magic that's how you play magic and i think that is the that is the the selling point of you know what you could turn you could play your currently powerful standard deck like mono white humans which i fully well i think could be pretty successful in frontier and that's how you can play you know magic if you if if your store has like a frontier tournament or nothing you could bring your mono white humans to a frontier and, and and compete and you know i don't think anyone really cares that it picks up uh, officially or not officially because as long as people are showing up to play like hararuya you know brought it to people's attention we're gonna we're gonna make you know, we're going to schedule events and have people come. Yeah, and and even at face-to-face games Toronto here, like we we integrated into our weekly schedules. So you know, there's a 4 p.m. free tournament that if you win, uh, I, I buy you dinner. We call that duels for dinner. And then at 7 p.m., there's there's a five dollar tournament that that prizes out regardless of how many people come because I, at face-to-face games Toronto, that's how we run our constructed events. Is we post it, we post up a, a prize pool. And it's we never change it. You know, if, if only eight people come out, then you're you got some sweet EV there. But to take that to the next level and really show the community that we're dedicated to putting on a great event and and paying attention to our customers and the players and what they want. Uh, next weekend, actually on on Sunday, November twenty seventh, we're hosting a, a our our Sunday showdown. Uh, so that's a weekly one K event that we do. It starts at high noon. Uh, 64 player cap and a thousand dollars in prizes in the pool. Uh, yeah, that's actually you, you for forgot the... you forgot your own incentive. Well, <laughs> what's the incentive there? So, so what's the, the beneficial... incentive, the, yeah, the incentive that go. Matt and I put up, and we we talked to Kelly about this, and and he's all for it. He he kind of shook his head and he's like, "You guys are crazy," but we want we're offering Matt and I are personally offering up a box of Origins to the highest finishing deck that plays no fetch lands. There you go. So I mean, and, and it's more than that yeah. too. That's uh, awesome. A, a, another gentleman at our store, Matt Cherkis, he's a huge Frontier guy. He's, I wake up to deck lists from him literally every single day. He's going to listen to this and be laughing out loud. But he owns a soda company called Just Craft Sodas. They're local to Toronto. We serve them at our store. You can get them at Sobeys across the country, but they're produced here in Toronto. And he's offered everyone who plays in the event a free soda. Sweet. We got to move to Toronto. Yes, yeah, seriously, <laughs> we're, t- we're taking this show on the ro- on the road. Oh, honestly, if, if you guys if you guys come up, I would love to do a live podcast with you guys. Like oh, me and Matt are always amazing. Uh, we'll we'll put you up. We'll we'll play some magic for the weekend. I'll show you what the the face face game Toronto experience is like, and it, it's it's actually really really amazing what we've we've created here in, in just under two and a half years as far as quality events with great pricing and and an amazing community don't don't tempt me i mean i don't think if i'm you, trying to I, I, no i mean it's <laughs> i fully well expect to take you up on your offer and if the uh, experience is i mean i might not want to leave <laughs> hey I, if i'm gonna fly fly to la for the weekend to go see a couple hockey games you can come up here to play some magic yeah that's that's actually yeah yeah that's a good point seth do you want to any kind of last things here uh, no, I think we talked about pretty much everything I was hoping to, and uh, I'm excited to try it out. I am still in the skeptical camp as far as how much I will enjoy the format right now. I think I will like it more as more sets go in. Personally, I like bigger formats. You get more janky cards to brew decks with. So I'm excited for the possibilities a couple years down the road when we have Amonkhet block and Next Falls block and more cards in the pool. So I'm still a little skeptical about playing the format right now, but I'm planning on trying it out. So it is on my to-do list. So I'm excited and like I said in the beginning, I'm a big believer in playing Magic however you enjoy playing Magic, and if Frontier's your thing, uh, you should do it, and you should encourage your local store to try to set up an eight-player queue or something to play some events or something. So I'm excited to see what happens and excited to test out the format. Yeah, I'm really glad we we all are kind of on a you know on the same page here and and like i said i mean it's it's good dialogue to have to voice concerns if because that's how you that's how you kind of identify them early on and if you can do anything in your power to alleviate those issues or just avoid them altogether and, and kind of find solutions to that then i think it's you know it's well worth to have the dialogue i mean that's really all we were coming from uh on that front but 
Tony, I mean, this was this has been really great dialogue overall, and I think everyone's generally on the same page. And I, I'm really excited about Frontier too. I mean, I have you know a bunch of stuff left over, and if if I could play green in yet another format, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I actually just about hardened scales. I mean, that is yeah, right. <laughs> that is what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, both of the hardened scales deck were you know hardened yeah. scales into Mana Gorge or Hydra. Uh, both of them were playing Inspiring Call to, like, draw seven. Like, it, these decks were awesome. From Matt, who, you know, I, I wish he could be here. He's actually working. You know, he, he's got a real job and everything. I, I, we just want to say thanks for, for your guys' support on your website. You have a fantastic website. It's incredibly easy to use. I'm I'm frequenting it every day. Like, probably going to get your paid subscription to, uh, you know, buy in and, and do it all. But I just want to say thanks for, for putting up the, the user-submitted deck tab, and, and we're going to get you as many results as we can from these Sunday showdowns and our weekly events, so hopefully everyone can just look at these and get excited, because like you said, if, if I shipped you you know 10 green brews a day, you're, you're going to build one of them. You're going to play one of them. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fully intending to. I mean, I've been wanting... I've, I knew I was going to play this from the start. I mean, this is just... This is kind of just... I mean, the way I came about it was kind of in the mindset of how we talked about Eternal, right? And, like, all the pushback and all the dialogue we had from that. And for me, like, I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention, but for me, like, I just want to play the format. And I, I think, I think like, that's really the selling point is bringing people in on that interest alone is that if they want to play Frontier and they like what's going on in Frontier, then they should play it. And if they choose to do that. They should, you know, buy the cards, you know, that they want to play with and not have to really worry. It may not be issues that we're going to see now, but hopefully the issues that, you know, arise as, as time goes on that I fully well expect to happen, uh, as unfortunate as some of those will be, uh, I, I think um, I think we're creative enough to kind of navigate through that and, and try to alleviate some of those issues. Cool. Well, do you guys mind if I plug some of my other stuff while I'm here? Yeah, go ahead. So, like I said, you guys have the the top notch website for for um, you know checking out lists and pricing things like that. Your deck pricer is like unbelievably great. Uh, but if you guys want more MTG Frontier content, go to mtgfrontier.com. Obviously, that's a that's a good place to start. That's where where Matt and I post our results. A lot of our Twitter feeds. Follow us on Twitter, MTG Frontier, and uh, also we like to talk about Frontier on Heavy Meta too. So. So you can check that out at uh, manadeprived.com. There's there's lots of places that you can get you know more discussions and more information about this. But but again, I just want to say thanks to you guys for for opening your big mouths and and getting my attention. You know, <laughs> yeah, like this, I mean, this is a lot of stuff gets gets you know produced and goes away. But uh, you really caught my attention with the way that you talked about this format, and I think you brought up your points really respectfully, and I really appreciate that. And yeah, I I, I, res I respect that too. I, I'm glad that we could all have this discussion together. And like you eloquently put it on the podcast, we were all uh, grown-ups and we all came together as grown-ups and, and talked about it. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah it, it's all good. <laughs> and definitely, I will echo, check out Heavy Meta. It's it's a really entertaining podcast yeah. and fun to listen I to. Love the so if you're guys. looking for a another MTG <laughs> podcast, check it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, we're, I we're actually do a big uh, year in review coming up with uh, we'll have all the all the old hosts back and we'll do like some crazy six hour ridiculous awesome. thing coming up. We always do that in December, so look for that. I, I it seems like a eternity to go, but I actually guessed it on there. I love I love what you guys. I love the podcast. Shout out to Maddie and all them. I I, I mean I love all you guys. It's so much fun. Yeah, like I said, I was just in LA this weekend, so I could go to uh, a couple hockey games with Kevy and Tristan. So I, I had yeah. never met—I had never met Kevy before, even though we were in Vegas at the same time. So I jumped on the opportunity to fly down there and, and got to spend some like actual quality friend time with the, you know, the co-host of my podcast. So Jeez. you guys come up to Toronto, and we'll do the same thing. Yeah, uh, you actually uh, turns out you actually made the uh, the official uh, Twitter of, uh... of the Devils. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. That is really sweet. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, wait, what? The, the, so the, the next day, so I wore like a Team Canada Scott Niermeyer jersey to a Devils-Kings game because that's how I roll. But when Tristan and I went to the Ducks-Kings game in Anaheim yesterday, we both wore Toronto Maple Leafs jerseys. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice we, we made it live, though, so it's all good. Yeah, that was that, it's, it's been great. Um, yeah, I think uh, we covered everything that we wanted to cover. Uh, so did you did you want to stay for fish mail or? Sure, why not? All right, sweet. 
Let's do fish mail real quick, Seth. So, yeah, you can send in fish mail every week. We appreciate it. We will answer them all, uh, most of them on cast. If we can't answer all of them, we will uh, personally answer them on Twitter or via email. But thanks for sending these in. So could there ever be a real-world Tempest Remastered type set? Oh. So I think this is in uh, – I think this is a response from what we talked about last week, Seth, of uh, these, like, these flashback – like, real-life, like, flashbacks. So, so it's a weird yes and no thing. I think it's yeah. possible that we could see uh, Zendikar remastered or original Innistrad remastered. Literal Tempest, though, and other sets with reserveless cards. I think that's just a non-starter unless Wizards changes the reserveless policy. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving along, I'll try to throw some of these specifically your way, Tony. So be ready. Um, all right. So this one, this one's good. So my. Uh, under slash junk drawer. Uh, so this is for you, Tony. Do you think any of the Commander 2016 cards are legacy vintage playable? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it's really tough uh, because the, the the available card pools are so small, but I, I'm going to pick sort of like a lame blanket answer, and a, a ton of the cards have blue in the mana symbol, so you can always pitch them to force. <laughs> I, Nothing okay. jumped out at me that was like, oh, man, I... I you really sparked my my interest in this one, I, but again, they're brand new, and and we'll see. Uh, a lot of my commander friends will will tell me right away. They'll be like, "Yo, this is probably constructed playable." It's yeah. it's interesting. Real quick, I, I think that Wizards actually shied away from printing the one big Eternal staple. There was no True Name Nemesis Containment Priest, so I think they intentionally didn't put a a legacy card in there. That doesn't mean that something won't show up, like Tony said. Yeah, no fluster storm. But no, there was wasn't... Was expecting. But every other year, there's been this one card that was immediately, oh, this is for legacy. It didn't happen this time. Correct. Yeah, that's how I'm I not feel. seeing one on the surface either. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Wait, wait. I think, Tony, as, as like... As cliche as this answer is, like, if it is blue, it is pitchable to four, so you never know. <laughs> I, actually, the interesting one is the the one that you steal an artifact and then you get like a germ. That one's interesting. But you only steal equipment, I, I think. I don't know if it's so it's pretty. Limited. Oh yeah, so it steals an equipment and you get like a germ. Yeah, is that better than Dak Faden? Yeah, I don't know. Probably right. not. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, Dak pitches uh, the force, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jedi Shane. Uh, so this is for you, Seth. Uh, when is the best time to sell Kaladesh foils on MTGO with the new redemption period? Uh, we don't really know 100%. It is definitely before Redemption ends. I know that. I assume that it'll work like past years, and those cards will peak like the week or two before Redemption goes offline, which would put it sometime in like uh, right before Amonkhet releases, or just after Amonkhet releases. So I'd be looking around Amonkhet release time to be the peak price for foils from Kaladesh Black. At Mark Nuzbaum. Uh, what is the best way to sell your online cards? I have a ton of cards I don't need and want to get rid of them. Oh, well, this is an easy one. Uh, contact Card Hoarder, MTGO Traders. I'm sure there's other big bots too. They have things set up where you can just send them uh, the export of your Magic Online collection or whatever piece of it you're looking to sell, and they will make you an offer. I think with Card Hoarder, you can actually do it all yourself. You can just import your your file to their website, and it will spit out an offer based on the cards that you sent them on the list. So, Sweet. Uh, Sinfoid. Buy Oath of the Gate, watch Eldrazi for Eternal Formats now or wait until rotation? Uh, either of you. <laughs> Good question. Um... I, I don't see them going down too much more. Like, I don't see them decreasing too much more at rotation, only because they're already played in modern. So if you're going to grab them, I mean, the, the percentage that they would decrease is largely minimal. Like so, we're, we're talking about Eldrazi specifically, right? Yeah, like, uh, yes. like, like Reality Smasher, like... Thought Not Seer... I, I feel like those cards are at the prices they're at right now are are pretty stable. You know, like yeah, they're yeah. they're they're playable in Legacy. They're playable in Modern. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're not as playable. The Eldrazi aren't as playable in Standard because that's what they were designed for. But there there isn't really like Eldrazi decks running rampant everywhere. There's there's some Thought Not Seers and a couple Reality Smashers, but Endless One is like a bulk rare, and that card's was so good. Yeah. 
Um, moving on, Harmon Zachary. If if Marvel can reprint old comics without killing the secondary market, why can't Wizards of the Coast? Good question. Uh, I think yeah, they that can. Really I, I think that they could do that. We've seen examples yeah. of this. They reprint Sierra Angel, and your Alpha Sierra Angel is still super expensive. So uh, I think that Wizards could do that. Obviously, uh, there's some some cards are going to be hurt more than others. We saw. I don't know, some of the conspiracy cards that were legacy staples get cheaper. But really, with the really old collectible cards that are on the reserve list, I don't think you really would hurt them that much, the original printings. If you reprinted them, people are still going to want Black Border Dual Lands, Black Border Black Lotus. Those things will always be worth a lot of money, even if Wizards started reprinting them. So this one's for you, actually, because you brought this up uh, earlier, Tony. Uh, So by Sepik121... What would happen if Modern allowed supplemental sets like Conspiracy and Commander? This is something Seth, me, Richard, and Seth talk about like almost every cast. Like it's 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 really a huge point for us. So but I think I it goes one of two answer. ways. Are we trying to let all of the supplemental products that have been produced in the modern era currently become legal, or are we producing modern legal cards outside of standard? Um, I, I yeah, think we'd I think... have to say moving forward they did that. I think that I think it would be too risky to retroactively be like, oh, exactly. it's all legal. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's forward. exactly how I feel. Moving forward, I think they could probably do that. I mean, they did it with scavenging news, right? That's that's yep. that's a fact. They we already talked about that, but uh, the I I just don't think that that's where Wizards has their focus on right now. Interesting. I just don't, like there. There's no modern pro tour. Yes, we just saw the World Magic Cup. Yes, it was modern. Like yes, I get all that. But there is no modern pro tour. Like they're, they're focusing on limited and standard as their yeah massive productions, which is why I think Frontier just sort of benefits from that. Uh, I think yeah. I think it would be awesome. The problem is I just don't know if Wizards would be willing to put in the work of testing that's, modern that, with all these yes. cards. So that's that's the challenge is convincing Wizards that the benefit of being able to make modern a better format is worth the extra work of having to test all these cards in modern decks. Yeah, yeah and what's unfortunate? <laughs> yeah, and what's unfortunate is a lot of the cards already like that would be in contention are not suddenly in contention, which kind of would suck. But I think going forward it'd be interesting. It, but see, then it would get to the point, or maybe it's not a bad thing that we see like like you just said, Seth and Tony uh, about the current commander product that we didn't see like a true name nemesis. We didn't see like a, uh, uh, containment priest. If we had supplemental products like that, where it's like gradually easing it into, to modern, uh, that could be beneficial. But then like, do you have to just not just turn around and print like something like scavenging ooze or something that's going to deal with blood moon or something that's going to deal with dredge or something like that? Like, I think you would have to push the envelope that, you know, you have to make a, a, an impactful modern card, and then that kind of turns around and has all the implications of, are you really printing a modern card that's going to change modern in a commander product? I, I mean, I think for me the ideal outcome would be to just have a supplemental product that's designed for that. Something like, like conspiracy. Something like Modern yeah. Masters, but with the supply of conspiracy where everyone can yeah. access it. I think that would be the best outcome rather than dealing with uh, messing up commander decks and messing up uh, whatever Stand. other supplemental products there are. So maybe just make its own product specifically yeah. with the goal of putting new cards into Modern. And then you would... But right, you, and then you would never have to reprint stuff through standard ever again. But you got to make sure the supply is high. You can't do it in Modern yeah. Masters. I've heard people say that. That would be a disaster. We're seeing this on Magic Online right now, where Leovold is like 80 <laughs> tickets because they're only putting them in treasure chests. So if they just put new cards that were awesome in Modern in Modern Masters, the prices would be so high, and people would legitimately lose their minds and be very mad, and rightly so. So they can't do it that way. Yep. I mean, you also have to do this to- like we're talking about printing new cards for modern versus unbanning ones that people are already in love with. Yeah. You know, like are are you going to print us another Jace the Mind Sculptor that isn't quite Jace the Mind Sculptor over just giving us Jace the Mind Sculptor? So legitimate. You know, and and Jace is just an example. Like, there's a lot of cards on the modern ban list that instead of printing new cards would like either need like a functional reprint because those are the cards that people actually want to play with. And like if like 
for example, Chandra, like Chandra was like Chandra the mind sculptor. Like that's what <laughs> everyone thought when Chandra came out with four abilities. This is the new Jace. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, people want Jace. Someone suggested, and I don't remember who it was the other day, that uh, for modern we should just uh, for one year for six months unban everything, see what the format oh, looks like, <laughs> see and what then happens. and then after the six month or one year point, start banning again based on the results of that format where everything's unbanned. I think that's I think that's honestly as crazy as that sounds. It would be really interesting because some cards came in like already banned. Like we never actually got to see some of these cards in action in modern and I, I think that would be actually a pretty good experiment uh, the only thing is like skull clamp oh god uh, yeah. <laughs> so busted. you know some so you know that's why i said experiment <laughs> you know there's going to be some uh <laughs> some unwanted undesirable side effects <laughs> but uh i mean i would like to play skull clamp in affinity again that would be cool Hypergenesis seems fun. I'd like my I'd like my uh, my artifact lands back. That would be, oh that would man, be sweet. Affinity would be so busted. No wonder you like this idea, Chaz. Yes. <laughs> All the artifact lands, skull clamp. Oh my. You God. can have your Jace. You'll be dead before you cast. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I know. So that wraps up Fishmail, Tony. This was awesome. Thanks for sticking around for Fishmail. We're definitely gonna do this again uh, here soon. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm super in. Uh, maybe yeah. Matt won't be working. We get the the crotchety old man on with us, young whippersnappers. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. All right, that's <laughs> gonna wrap it up for the Goldfish Cast. We will see you all next time. Uh, forgot to say, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on mtggoldfish.com and Google Play. So we'll do this again next week.